0: Please remain standing for today's preaching passage as we read that out. You'll find that in John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. John 20, 11 through 18. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he said these things to her. This is God's word. Please be seated.
1: Well, as we come uh, now to God's Word, let's bow our heads in prayer together. And first of all, let's have a moment of quietness. Uh, Easter Sunday is always a busy day for families and friends, and there's a, 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 a buzz in our minds thinking of Easter eggs and all the rest, and that's all good and fine. But let's have a moment of, of quietness as we come to... Um, God's Word to prepare our hearts to hear from Jesus. Oh Lord God, we uh, do uh, thank you uh, for this Resurrection Sunday. We pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open and our minds uh, ready to receive what it is that you have to say to us this Resurrection Sunday 2021 father i pray that you'd help me to make your uh, explain your word clearly and i pray lord that our minds would grasp it with clarity and our hearts lord would be moved so that we can put into practice what it is that you are saying to us so move among us we pray holy spirit Uh, Jesus be glorified. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, this uh, Resurrection Sunday, we're going to walk through uh, the resurrection story uh, together, and then we'll see how it applies to our lives. Mary Magdalene is uh, the first on the scene. She sees uh, the empty tomb. Uh, she's called Mary Magdalene probably because uh, she's from Magdala, and hence Mary Magdalene or Mary of Magdala. And having seen uh, the empty tomb, uh, she runs to, um, there's a lot of running actually that takes place on Easter Sunday. They seem to be running everywhere. And uh, she runs to find um, Simon Peter and John, the author of this gospel, And then they run back with her. And uh, one of the disciples uh, outruns uh, the other. John beats Peter to the tomb. Perhaps he had bragging rights for the rest of his life. I got there first. And uh, then uh, the other goes in. And um, he believes... But uh, Peter, as uh, yet, does not believe. And then the disciples uh, go back to their homes. And Mary Magdalene is left all alone at the empty tomb. And we're told, verse 11, she is standing, but Mary stood weeping. She's crying. She's standing outside the tomb. Uh, tombs in those days were uh, cut as uh, into the rock. She's standing outside the tomb. She's crying. She's weeping. And as she's weeping, she stoops to look into the tomb. When you're when you're really crying, you can't see very well. The tears. Make it hard for you to see and she's weeping and she's staring into the tomb. She's leaning over, looking into the tomb as she weeps. And uh, we're told she saw two angels there. Um, We know from uh, the other accounts that uh, not all of them recognized them immediately as angels. They thought they were just uh, human people. It's possible that Mary didn't immediately think they were angels, but she tells John afterwards uh, what she saw and when she did understand, and so she saw two angels. They are in white. The white is to indicate that on Resurrection Sunday, on this Easter Sunday, there is an opportunity for you to start again. You get a clean sheet. You get to write a new story. They're in white. You have a chance to begin all over, to start again. And so she sees these two angels in white. They're sitting, uh, sitting to symbolize that the victory has been won. They're sitting down, all has been accomplished. The victory has been won. They're just sitting there. They're sitting where the body of Jesus had lain. One at the head and one at the feet, where Jesus' body would have been. This is to symbolize that they are the beginning and the end, the head and the feet. They are bookending the whole process to indicate that God is utterly sovereign over this, that all has been finished. And done. It has been completed. They're sitting at the beginning and the end. Jesus, from the start to the finish, is Alpha and Omega, and it is all done and victorious. And then they say to her, Why are you weeping? What a question. Why are you weeping? There's been a lot of weeping this year. I think many of us have cried more this year than perhaps any other year that we have been alive. Because of COVID, because of the deaths around us, because of the division in our country, because of injustice and racism and... And 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 and, why are you weeping? There's Mary. She's at the empty tomb. Jesus is risen, and yet she doesn't yet believe it, and she's weeping. Why are you weeping? And she said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. So Mary is not just crying because she's mourning the death of Jesus. She's crying because now Jesus, she believes, is dead, the enemies of Jesus are not merely satisfied with having killed Jesus. They now are going to defame his memory. They've taken the body. They're probably treating that body badly. They're hiding the body from his followers, and it is to add insult to injury. She's mourning the fact that she wants to mourn, and she cannot. The body is not even there. Her loved one is Dead. She's weeping anyway, but she cannot even see the body, and it is just—it's just all too much. And she's weeping. They've taken away my Lord. I don't know. I don't know where they've laid him, and we don't know why. But the angels don't reply uh, to her statement. Instead, having said this. Um, she turns around. Maybe she hears a noise behind her of some kind or other and so she she turns around and she sees Jesus but she doesn't recognize Jesus. It's a frequent occurrence in the accounts of the resurrection of Jesus that when the, the disciples, when people saw Jesus, they did not immediately recognize him. Why is that? Partly because it seemed too good to be true. He's dead. They saw him crucified. They know what happened when someone is crucified. He'd been laid in the tomb. They, they, They saw Jesus, but it's too good to be true. He couldn't be alive, and so they do not recognize him, which, by the way, is a massive indicator of the reliability of the witnesses of the resurrection. This is not a psychological wish fulfillment that they had been expecting that Jesus would rise again. Jesus' resurrection is the very last thing they had expected. She cannot believe her eyes. She does not recognize him. Partly they didn't recognize uh, Jesus because it seems as if Jesus' resurrection body, though recognizable, nonetheless was somehow different. And we who are Christians, when we are raised from the dead, the perishable will be clothed, the imperishable, the mortal with immortality, and we shall be changed. And he was changed, recognizable but not immediately recognizable. Recognizable. But John here is underlining for another purpose also why she did not immediately recognize him because though she saw him, she didn't believe. And we often say seeing is believing, but according to the Bible, hearing is believing. Believing Faith comes from hearing. As Jesus says a little later in this account when he meets the disciples, blessed are those who believe even though they do not see. Faith comes from hearing. And Mary, though she sees Jesus, she does not recognize Jesus until Jesus begins to speak. And so Jesus said to her, why are you weeping? The question again. The tomb is empty. I have risen. There's a whole new day. There's a new order, all is new, everything has changed, we live as people of the resurrection, we have a new hope where there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, death is defeated, sin is conquered, the devil is vanquished. Why are you weeping? And then he asked diagnostically, whom are you seeking? So many times, there are so many unnecessary sadnesses because we have unfocused ambitions. Whom are you seeking? What relationship are you seeking? What boyfriend are you seeking? What girlfriend are you seeking? What friendship are you seeking? What career are you seeking? What money are you seeking? What status Are you seeking? What fame are you seeking? Whom are you seeking? So many times in this world, even Christians have so many unnecessary sadnesses because we have unfocused ambitions. Whom are you seeking? And uh, Mary, who supposes Jesus to be the gardener, she doesn't recognize him. She thinks he just must be there for taking. Care of the garden, she says to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Mary is seeking Jesus, but she's seeking the dead body of Jesus. And Mary, in her in her extreme devotion to Jesus, Mary Magdalene, we're told from the Gospels, was a woman who Jesus had cast out of her seven demons. In other words, Mary came from the wrong side of the tracks. She had a history and Jesus had healed her and she followed them. She may have been a wealthy woman. She, we're told, was one of the women who helped provide for the disciples. She had a history. Jesus had met her. He had healed her and given her a fresh start and she, in her devotion to Jesus, wants to find the body, take care of the body. She's even, though she's Just one person, she's willing to try and lift the body physically, think how heavy the body would have been, lift the body by herself and take it to somewhere where she can exercise her devotion and her mourning to the body. And she still does not recognize who's speaking to her until Jesus said to her, Mary, the good shepherd, calls his sheep by name, Mary. Now she sees him. She turned to him and said in Aramaic, Rabboni, which we're told means teacher, which indeed it does, but Rabboni is not the common Aramaic word for teacher. That is rabbi, it's a rare, unusual word for teacher, Rabboni. Probably it is what scholars call the diminutive form. That is, it's the affectionate form. It's the the nickname, the personal name. In other words, she's saying, my teacher It's the name that she called Jesus, Rabboni, Rabboni. He says, Mary, Rabboni, my teacher. It's my teacher. I find it fascinating that nowhere in this account does it say that she stopped weeping. But her weeping is now different. No longer tears of sorrow, it's now tears of joy. And I think we can assume that she runs to Jesus and hugs Jesus because Jesus then says, do not cling to me. I, I think we can assume that he wouldn't needed to have said to her, do not cling to me unless she was clinging to him, hugging him by his feet, his... Rab- Rabboni! But he says, do not cling to me. Why? This is a a strange instruction from Jesus. He says, don't cling to me. Why? And and why for this reason? What is the the purpose of the reason that he gives for her not to cling to him? For, he says, I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am sending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Why is Jesus pushing Mary away? Because, For the Christian who lives in the light of the resurrection, but before the second coming of Jesus, our primary task is not in this moment between the resurrection and the second coming of Jesus, our primary task is not clinging to Jesus. Our primary task is telling about Jesus. We will be able to cling to Jesus for all eternity. But right now, after the resurrection and before Jesus' second coming, we have a job to do. She says, don't don't cling to me. I haven't yet sent to my father. And when he ascends, then he'll be in glory. And that means that the next stage in the salvation plan is for him to return. But go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and to your father. That is now because of Jesus' death on the cross. The sins of the whole world are taken away. Your sins, my sins. And now we can have access to God as our father. It's a message to speak. And so Mary went and announced. That word announce is actually a different form of the same word used earlier for the angels. They Angels are announcers. They are messengers. And she now messages or announces. If you want in your life an angelic Task. If you want to have the very purpose of the angels, if you want an angelic role, announce, tell about Jesus. She went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. She physically saw Jesus, but remember, she didn't really see Jesus until she heard Jesus, call her by name. It's the effectual call of God. Every single real Christian can say, in this sense, I've seen the Lord. I've encountered him. I know him. When God calls us, he calls us by name, and his call is effectual. He calls us Mary, Bill, George, Peter. John, I know you. I've known you since before the creation of the world. John, Mary. And now you see the Lord. And you can tell people that you've met him, you've encountered him, you know him. And she tells the disciples that, that I've seen the Lord. And she also tells them the things that Jesus has said to her, all Witnesses that are effective and faithful not only tell their own personal experience of Jesus, they also point to Jesus' word. Well, here is the story. There is the story. What does it mean for us this Resurrection Sunday? It means something about how we think something about how we feel and something about how we act, about how we think because of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We no longer think about this world, that this world is a place of hopelessness, that there is no future for anyone or anything. We're not people of despair or those who follow Jesus. That's not how we think. We're people of hope because we're people of the resurrection. And so our worldview, our mindset, how we think is all shaped by the light of the empty tomb. We now have a mindset, a worldview of resurrection, newness, new purpose, new life, new energy, Everything will be new, a new message. That's how we think. But then it also impacts how we feel. It's it's often said that the longest journey that you can ever take in your life is the journey from your head to your heart. And when Jesus calls you by name, his effectual calling, Mary, Bill, then you make that journey from head to heart. And now, not only do you realize there's no reason to be anxious, you don't feel anxiety. And you may be weeping still, but you're no longer weeping for sorrow, you're weeping for joy because you've met the risen Lord Jesus. And it changes how we act. For now each of us have a new purpose, a new message, an angelic purpose that shapes all of our life to live for him who died and rose again and lives forevermore. Or to put it in one sentence. He is risen. Let's pray together. Our Lord God, we do thank you uh, for the resurrection truth that we celebrate this morning. We pray, Lord, that it would shape not only how we think, but also how we feel and therefore how we act. We thank you, Lord, for this story of Mary weeping and the questions that she had over and again. Why are you weeping? And we pray, Lord, that this morning we would weep not for sorrow, but for joy, for he is risen. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his glory.
0: Amen.